There will be only one podcast. And it will be mine, all mine, strong body, strong soul. I am Maria, and I'm the best podcast host in the world. (laughs) Oh, these movie-making people are rubbing off on me, people. (laughs) Here we go. I hope you have fun listening to this episode today. Let me know. Let me know. Call in, message in, send me messages through social media, however you want to reach out to me. I'm here for you, baby. Lunchtime is over. Get up off of your ass and get back to work, people. (laughs) Lunchtime is over is the title of a hysterical short film produced, directed, and he stars in it. Bruce Nashen. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Check the show notes. I'm going to go ahead and put his name and some links to get to this brilliant man if you want to follow up and see his film. <laughs> I can't even tell you how excited I am to share the following interview with you guys. I was at the LA Grip studio in North Hollywood with Inspirato Projecto. He and I We're hosting an interview panel with some amazing directors and actors here. Now, I have to warn you, Bruce, he's kind of a snob, and you're going to hear about it in just a moment. And don't worry, we did not beat him up, at least not on audio. (laughs) We waited till later, perhaps. But you're going to hear some amazing conversation where he is sharing the film process of how he created his Lunchtime is Over movie here. Now, it is silent. I want to warn you, if you do get a chance to go see his movie, it is silent. There's some grunting and groaning and yelling in it in just one line. And it is so perfect because the movie's silent, just like a movie that we also were discussing called As the Earth Turns. Ed Hartman is a fantastic music composer that joined Inspirato Projecto and I on another conversation. I'll let you know more about that in just a moment. But As the Earth Turns is a silent movie as well. The film, the movie reels were hidden for 80 years. It's amazing to feel the energy of those people way back then. But with Bruce's movie, Lunchtime is Over, you are going to feel the energy from the fight scenes. You're also, in this particular interview, going to hear a little bit from Shannon Reeve. She is an amazing director. She's also a star in a couple of films that are at the Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival right now. In the film that she is in, she plays the part of a woman who has superpowers. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit in this particular interview. Please go check out the episode that's available here on this show that's devoted entirely to Shannon and her films. I kind of tried to parcel them out a little bit. Sorry, Bruce. You're having to share space with some other creators here on this particular episode. It's not all about you. I know you love the attention. (laughs) You'll just have to come kick my ass another day. (laughs) I'm putting you together with these other brilliant minds. Inspirato Projecto, Kurt, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on the air with you guys. And um, here we go. Make sure to check the show notes if you want to hear more about the movies. 
So tell us about your uh, your crazy. I mean, the whole the whole thing. I don't want to give any spoiler alert necessarily, but you it just it's never not any fighting going on. Wait, we're turning to what is your name? My oh yeah, name sorry. is Bruce. What is your name? Bruce Maria. Hey, I'm Maria. Maria. So lunchtime is <laughs> nice over. To meet you. Nice to meet you. We didn't officially uh, meet yet. <laughs> so do, do you work? Do you work at a at a job like that? And you're like, hey, this would be a perfect location to shoot at. Um, they were the the location I shot at was the warehouse of a former client. I used to do IT several years ago, and they were one of my clients. And um, how lunchtime is over started is I began taking a stunt class, not because I want to be a stunt person, oh. because I enjoy my spine roughly in the shape it's in now. But um, I was taking a stunt class because I have another project which I'm trying to develop into a series, and I'm a snob when it comes to fight choreography. I like action that you can follow. I like seeing the performers look like they're engaged as opposed to it starts but then you cut to someone's back and you can clearly see it's somebody else I, I really don't like bad fight choreography like that so I started taking a class and out of that class it became obvious we all needed footage so originally we we're just gonna get a camera and kinda like shoot a little something but that's not gonna look good and also nobody wants to watch it because while stunt people are care about how you take a hit or take a fall your average person doesn't care it's sort of like plumbers enjoy plumber jokes <laughs> Nobody else does. So I decided to build a framing device. I contacted my client. Hey, can we shoot here? And it seemed like such a great classic story. Your blue collar versus white collar. And it seemed to just work. So, um, and then I decided to make it funny because once again, the people watching. It's very comedic. And uh, they fight? Yes. <laughs> it's like a comedic fighting thing. They're angry at each other, but it's I'm hilarious. Already. <laughs> the thing about it oh is gosh. the fighting itself, in and of itself, is not comedic or funny. The fighting is taken very seriously. You are to believe that we're hitting each other, we're hurting each other, um, for a given value of hurt, because it's more hurt like um, you would get in a cartoon. Uh -huh. um, but it follows a story through this fight of the management fighting with warehouse workers over the idea that they want them to get off lunch. And <laughs> it's a whole concept, which is just brilliant. Yeah. It's like lunchtime's over, buddy. No, yeah. it's not. It's aside from one line, it's a silent comedy. It's basically a silent comedy because it seemed to me for two reasons. One, we shot what should have been about four or five days worth of action in two days. And as a former stunt person, you know <laughs> that like that is a lot of action to get done in a small period of time mm -hmm. and we didn't have time for anything so we didn't record sound live just because when one more element th that'd be one more element and that'd be an element that took us over the point that we could actually finish it mm -hmm. um, then uh, only there's only one line and that's an actor and we that was done right at the top of the of the shoot um, plus it's all about you know when you look at some of those great silent comedies, it's all in the physical acting, how you move, how you portray things, the emotion. And I wanted to do that because you rarely get an opportunity to do that because most things are talking heads. Uh -huh. Most people want to do a small little project and what you get is somebody in a room talking to each other with very little action because they can get that done without risking the project not being completed. So we're all going to beat you up after <laughs> talking. <laughs> If you're like anybody else in my life, that's the natural reaction. To <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> um, so uh, it was my, and I also, my main goal is not to be a director, but I wanted to have the opportunity to try to direct once. Mm -hmm. 
So I had wonderful stunt choreographer. Um, two of them, actually. One's name was Tekla, and I'm sorry if I butcher your name, because I will. Hertarova and her friend Katie O'Donovan. And they arranged the this long extended fight scene. We rehearsed it extensively. And then on shoot day, Katie was there to actually direct that action. Yeah. I directed everything that was an emotional moment. Um, the emotional cues, the anything where there's not a fist going, I directed if there was a fist going, but there's a reaction, I directed what that reaction was supposed to be because it's telling a story. Um, and it's important to tell stories because in the end, the story is the most important thing in any piece. You're think the whole thing about this director, this documentary. It's the story of his through life. Without this, like you know, if it's just here's random bits of things this guy did, who cares? Mm -hmm. But right. the dr the driving, the DNA thing, mm -hmm. character builds. Mm -hmm. When you watch projects that, you know, well that's neat. A bunch of crap happened, but why do I care? Why? Yeah. There's no story, right. or the story is lacking. Mm -hmm. So story is king. And even for something that is six minutes of people wailing on each other, you need a good story to follow through. Otherwise, around the two-minute mark, you're sort of like, I really should have peed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what was the question? <laughs> How long you, is your film? Six okay. minutes and 36 seconds, including credits, which I'm very proud of. Excellent. And when is it playing? Um, it's playing in the past. Two days oh, ago. Oh, it happened on Saturday? So everybody come out last Saturday <laughs> at 3 o'clock. Doing a little time travel. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. If you're capable of doing it, use your DNA yeah. to <laughs> take you back and um, come join us in the past mm -hmm. where we did well. Excellent. Excellent. So Maria, do, yes. have you thought about making any screenplays or uh, directing or anything? No. You're just so prolific with creating media. I'm so surprised that you don't have. I think care. I could probably look back at the last two years and put something together. Yeah, absolutely, I, yeah. You I can do make a whole have collage. a book in my mind that oh, good. I'm gonna that I already have the title. Yes, and it just hasn't gotten out there yet. But I love it. But just like I was telling these guys before the interview here, my whole idea, the whole reason I started my podcast was because of energy, spirituality. Med and personal training, frankly, too, because I had both my knees replaced. So I'm all about modification. Modification, modification in anything. Next is maybe a robot arm. Is that the next modification? Do you know my favorite superhero was Jamie Summers, of course. Oh, that's oh, great. Yes. I was just now showing, showing someone a picture woman. of a bionic woman's face missing from her face. I just like, need my ear next. Yes, yes, yes. And my dog, my German Shepherd. Yes. Um, Telescopic but things eye. happen. Yeah, yeah things mm. happen throughout your whole life. And now I find myself, you know, I love laughing and I love bragging about people. That's why I've been really enjoying helping promote the Intergalactic Festival. Thank you, Film thank Festival. you. Kapow! And I you've love been done su such a great job, like oh, interviewing people out there in the streets. And so much fun. But also, I mean, that variety and that diversity of content. Sitting here mm. with you three, so gifted filmmakers and actors. It's just so amazing. Mm -hmm. Seriously, I've been following, okay, Kurt's example. He takes the podcast on his phone and he goes to crazy places, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, Jamaica on the cruise ship. Oh, yeah. You guys were talking about doing the games with the passengers. Oh, yeah. Doing, oh, yeah. And you have to drink a beer and then oh, go yeah. through like oh, the whole, yeah. oh, my God, ridiculous. Oh, yeah. So the other day, I'm in the Honda dealership, right, waiting for my, my minivan to get work done. And I talked to this guy next to me, younger kid. And I told him I was going to be coming to the Intergalactic Film Festival, and I asked him to help me out with the homework, because there are 180 movies. If I'm going to help promote it, what are these movies? Let's see what they are. So he got his computer out, he got the list, and I said, 
I'm going to give you the name of five films. You tell me which of these titles sound the most interesting to you. So you can help me do my homework and we'll click on it, see what the movie's about. Cool, right? First movie he picks, Shattered Dreams. He's like, ooh, that sounds like a good horror movie. So we click on it. Unscripted podcasting on the go, right? It's about sex trafficking. Wow. So right away, he's like, ooh, that got real really fast. Yeah. Right? So we talked about it a little bit. The main premise of the movie, like you're just saying, we don't want to just hear about sex trafficking or whatever the topic may be. The point of that film is to show that there's hope for the survivors of the sex trafficking. There's life after that. That's what their point is in that film. Mm. So then in this interview with this kid at the Honda dealership with the helpful Honda dealers, because <laughs> uh, they came in on the podcast too. Oh, yes, they did. But we were talking about other, then we turned to funny stuff. And then Paranormal Dick was the favorite. <laughs> because we got to some of the other titles. But I just did love that. Did you just say Paranormal Dick? Oh, yes, I did. Yes, because sometimes yeah. you just need a normal dick. Yeah. <laughs> And so I had this guy, we're describing the poster art of Paranormal Dick. <laughs> you got to listen to the podcast. To it, was see so his explanation. Funny. it was so funny to, like, yeah. to, to hear this, this banter between them. Because we just, were just out of nowhere. We're picking these titles. Yeah. It was so funny. I started listening to that and I did not realize that that was at a car dealership, which makes like yes. just the whole level of everything because you can. And that's the thing. Like we're in such a society now that we are so isolated and closed off. Like I lived in New York and Japan before here. Uh-huh. You're constantly interacting with people. You're going to talk, you're going to bump yes. in on a subway, a train, whatever. And we don't have that. But what a, what a fascinating conversation to have had at a car dealership. Yeah. Oh, and and yeah. we have our devices in our hand. Yeah. And thank you, anchor.fm I for the it. ability I to podcast mobile. Oh, Man. Like that, because if I'm going to have my device in my hand, why not put the mic to the guy next to me? Let's have a conversation. Every person's an entire world. You yes. have no idea what the heck is hiding yes. in there until you keep exploring, and then all of a sudden that leads to another question. Definitely. And, you know, what I like to do is like when I find out that someone even gives a little tiny nonchalant answer to something, I go, ooh, there's a whole thing there. Tell me even more about that. Yes. And then you open up that door, you yeah. know, and it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Although the other day I did get in kind of a little bit of trouble because I was at a parade. Okay, in Calabasas. My, my son is in the high school marching band. So we're at the parade, and this group of 15-year-old girls is standing there. I said to them, same thing, do you girls mind being on my podcast with me to talk about the Intergalactic Film Festival? Their parents were there. I said, is it okay if they talk on my podcast with me? I didn't take any names or photos. Same thing. They looked up on their phone some of the titles of the films here. Which one do you want to hear about? They're reading some of the... Smoke weed. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. So we talked about that for a little bit too, but you never Teenagers know. Teenagers wanting to talk about weed? Surely not. They, they, they don't do that kind of thing. They assured me. On sure, they, yes, in front yes. of their parents. <laughs> they assured you. They assured you. I want to swear to you, yes. mom, yes. dad, yes. that I've never even seen it in real life. I've just seen it on TV. Right. Yeah. So it was like totally not my thing it to totally do. Not, not Two of the girls had been to oh, Amsterdam. Yeah, Oh, where they the totally didn't do it. Was about uh, smoke. Going smoke in. weed is about a guy traveling to Amsterdam. Oh. So the poster art is a bunch of smoke around this guy and stuff. So we talked about that a little bit. But the girl said, "Yeah, there's there's marijuana everywhere." Mm. They don't do that. Yeah. So. So are we heading to a time where like everybody on the planet's going to have their own podcast simultaneously? 
It's getting to be that way. Would that? Be, I hope uh, not. You though, walk around with the technology. Some... All of us do. But would that become a entity at that point? Would there only be one podcast left? Yeah, and it will be mine. <laughs> <laughs> strong body, strong soul. There can be mine. only one. Yes, yes. <laughs> but it's the same thing with filmmaking. I mean, I'm sure you guys see. Obviously, everyone shouldn't make a film either. No. Everybody doesn't. You know, everybody has their own talent. And it's okay to be honest about that, too. Technology doesn't give you the ability to do... It gives you access to do something. It doesn't yes. give you the ability. Yeah. So we walk, exactly. around, we walk around, as Chris is demonstrating, with the ability to put on a show at any moment. Yeah. Through the iPhone, yes. it's an amazing device. Yes. Most people... Not everybody can then come up with the content, come up with the driving, right. find like find the framing story, move it forward. Exactly. You need to have certain skills, and not everybody has them. It's yes. like... You know, back when you started doing music, it was an amazing endeavor that took a lot of tech, different technology and effort, all of which now can reside on a laptop that you can take with you. You can fully compose in a hotel room anywhere. You could leave here, go in your car, and compose right in the car. That's right. That doesn't mean you can make good music. That's right. You can make good right. music. You've got awards proving it, but not everybody well, can. Awards prove right. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I think with recognition from your peers, because yeah. it's true. I, I would suggest considering. Um, I, I would. I wouldn't do that to yourself. Own the fact. Oh, that I. You, yeah, I, I know. I, I just I, like on a podcast going yeah, out to the world. I know. Like, I know. Um, but you know, there's a lot of people who would like to make music. Not all of them can. They right. have the same tools you do. The same yeah. capacity. Uh, the same technology to make it. Right. Yeah, and, but, the, and the tools for scoring films have really evolved. So, and in fact, I'm not sure I would have been a score composer early on because that would have taken a different set of tools that I wasn't equipped with at that point. I was writing music out of college, but I wasn't trying to score films. I think I would have become a film director, ironically, instead of that. But in the last 20 years, really, we've evolved to a point. In fact, this score, I don't think could have occurred even four or five years ago based on the tools that I have right now. Mm. The, there's certain technology that's evolved, certain types of computers. Everything's kind of working together much more seamlessly now. I just did a trailer for a filmmaker who lives up north from here that I met through the Munich Film Festival. <laughs> and, uh, and we didn't meet in person, we still haven't, but I did a trailer for him in a few days and we're just sending things back and forth. So it's not just being able to do it, it's being able to sync it to the picture, mm -hmm. to send him all the files necessary for him to work. Well, that's beautiful that. too. You're collaborating yeah. across the that's globe, right. which is beautiful. Yes. Right. And the I love that ability, yes. which yes. is so great. You don't have to be in the same room. Yeah. Yes. It's so cool. The turnaround, podcasting is yeah. so great too. The turnaround on that kind of thing is really fast now because there was yeah. a time where you had to print off whatever it is you were doing, you needed to messenger it over wherever that was, right. and they'd have to listen, they'd have to get their response, send it back, and that would have taken, you know, a week turnaround, like two week turnaround, that now happens in hours, That's right. if not just minutes. And I, I, yeah. I've met my composer, I've had the same composer in all my projects, his name is Marcelo Quinones, if I mispronounce your names, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> Marcelo, wonderful, brilliant, I've met him once to give him a t-shirt, once we were in the same room for five minutes at a diner. Otherwise, wow. all of our interaction has been wow. email, phone. I, you know, I would send him a rough cut. He'd send me the music. We'd get notes would go back. New music came in, oftentimes within the same twenty-four hour period. How did you find him? 
Um, years ago, when I was doing my very, very first um, production, which was a very small little 10-episode multi-camera sitcom web series, because uh, I don't do anything smaller, sane, um, I think I found him on Craigslist of all places. And um, I was just looking for some stingers, and he sent me some stuff that he had made for another project, and it created this relationship. And he's created like this, all the music in Lunchtime is Over is from Marcello. Um, the stuff that I really love because I have a theme song is all the stuff out of my other project, Dark Spectre and Dark Spectre 2, is his, and it's brilliant. It is incredible, it's dramatic. So, so he's able to awesome. capture the mood that you're going for. Do you oh, give him yeah. kind of yeah, notes yeah. of like, oh, I kind of want to give this kind of mood here or that? Sometimes, but for the most part, and this is the thing about finding the right, you, know, you find the right people to work it's with. psychic ability. Possibly, if we were like, like, man, Marcelo, do you have psychic abilities? That's, that's a long distance, and I feel you've been invading. Um, but he, he um, everything's a story. Every element of a, a movie's story, the music, the sound, um, and you find people who get your style of what you're trying to say, and it's amazing how intuitive they can be. My sound designer's name is Vincent Tennant. He actually does sound design on um, a lot of the DC Universe stuff, uh, Titans, Swamp Thing. Oh, cool. To name a few things. Like, he does really, really good work. And, you know, I give him, he did Lunchtime is Over. So, Lunchtime is Over, he's like throwing stuff in that you wouldn't even think of. Like, um, when the boss walks past the off, like office and you hear some sound in the background, they're watching TV, they're screwing off. That's him. I didn't think that up. I hadn't. That didn't occur to me. That occurred to Vince. Yeah, he's adding right, a right, character to the background. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a sound guy, yeah. but he's like, and for him, he's seeing it the same way, telling stories. I'm going to yeah. keep saying telling stories because I can't emphasize it enough. But you know, you find the people who you connect to and That's who great. know how to relay your story better than you do. Cool. There, there's another evolution that's happening, and it's it's a very interesting one. It's a chicken or the egg scenario. Historically, movies have been shot first and music's been added later. <coughs> and that's classic. It works. There have been aberrations from that. John Williams did the yes. last scene from Close Encounters before it was done mm. because it wasn't shot yet. And I think that's why it has such a musical quality to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, there's a series of films. Koyana Squatsi is the first one with Philip Glass and the director, and they were done evenly. Uh, and Glass is a regular straight, straight composer as well. Minimalist music, kind of repetitive. Yeah. Uh, but right now, I'm starting to see more and more, and there's been a lot of chatter on Facebook through composers uh, talking about this, that we can cut film to music as easily as we can cut music to film. And there are a few directors starting to show up where they're asking me for music head and I do licensing where I, I sell music to libraries and they get used in films all the time uh, in which case there might be source music coming out of a radio or something like that or off-screen band but uh, you can you can actually work the other way around the you know software is so easy you're not cutting film like this guy did literally cutting the, the film stock you can move things around and the, the director I was just working with on the trailer he said he actually prefers to cut film to music as opposed yeah. to the other way around. That's how Lucas worked with Star Wars. Star Wars was oh, wow. Star Wars was in fact cut to temp music, which some of it was um, music from the planets, right. um, which you can hear that influence in John Williams anyway. Uh, but um, it's 
even though it's becoming it might be becoming a more um, standard thing it's not necessarily no like no. Ooh, there we go a new thing people have been doing that no they have been yeah. exploring it but I, I think that, that brings feel the difference yes. now I'm, I, I'm what I'm kind of thinking about is the technology of like iMovie I work with iMovie not being you know I work with Logic which is a pro program mm -hmm. iMovie is more of a consumer program mm -hmm. for me iMovie is comfortable yeah mm -hmm. um, I like it but you know uh, it works mm -hmm. uh, I have limitations with it I'll probably move up but uh but it's very, and I do a lot of music videos uh, to showcase my music, and I'm cutting all sorts of footage to that. Uh, and it's just, again, it's just cut and paste. You can move yeah. anything around. So I'm, I'm just waiting to see when projects start to occur where they're actually developed identically at the same time between music and image. Mm. Uh, they'll be more experimental inevitably. Mm. But, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm really interested in that idea because, uh, in fact, this film, what I love about it is it's silent. So I'm not battling dialogue. Music is not this thing that just kind of goes underneath, dives under the dialogue and the sound effects. It is the emotion <laughs> of half of the film. There's a lot of emotion on the images, but it supports everything that's going on, and it's end-to-end. -end. Mm -hmm. So it's really fun to do silent film like that. They're not silent at all. I elected not to use any artificial special effects or sound effects. I wanted everything to be musical effects. So if there's there's a lot of explosions, he did, used a lot of real explosive stuff in this thing. But I used regular percussive instruments to support those uh, images on there. And that's a whole different way to look. It, it comes out with as a much more artful film in my mind. I also didn't score it in a modern style. I do electronic stuff, and I've seen a lot of old, you know, films from the 20s or earlier that have modern electronic skills, and they can be really cool. They're really nice, but I always, I always like the idea of trying to mate the music to what's going on. Just for me, that I tend to prefer that. Mm -hmm. So this was done in an earlier style. You mentioned the planets. This director did explore synchronization with 16 millimeter, and he mostly used old recordings, Edison recordings, things like that, of uh, planets and, and uh, you know, a few other major things. I didn't find out his choices until after I scored. I have some, some rumors of some choices now, but I think what I did is fairly close to what he had in mind, and that, that made me feel good. I, did, I didn't totally, you know, go off in another direction. And I, I did a 90-minute interview with his son in New York City. I was at a festival. And he and I have that on video, and um, and he really kind of went through a lot of the information that I didn't know about that. So I feel close to the director in, in what I did, and in fact, the son said he'd be very proud of all the whole very thing. Cool. So and that that's really helpful. I hope you had fun listening to that conversation right there. It was so much fun to be in the room with so much creative energy. It's just amazing. Make sure that you check the Strong Body, Strong Soul show here because there are many episodes highlighting even more creative talent out here. Dream job. Oh yeah. There's one that's titled Dream Job. And I think interviewing people. I think I didn't realize that that's my dream job, people. It makes me so happy to brag about other people. It's just amazing. So let me explain as the earth turns. Like I said at the beginning, it is a silent film you just heard from Ed. His particular movie, I decided, instead of putting the interview that's a little more in depth than what you just heard, 
Instead of sharing it here on the podcast, I decided to share it on my YouTube channel, Strong Body, Strong Soul, over there as well. I'm going to go ahead and put a link for you guys to that interview. I put it there because I wanted to share some photography, the amazing black and white photography associated with As the Earth Turns. So I hope you enjoy that interview over there. Otherwise, most of the interviews that I have been conducting at the Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival are here on this podcast and more are on their way. Watch out, in particular, for those gnomes. (laughs) They may not just be innocent little gnomes in your yard. They may be coming to get you. Watch out. And I also wanted to branch out, by the way, I have been playing... Inspirato Projecto's theme song, Strong Body, on my show on a lot of these episodes here, but I thought I'd branch out and I'm going to play for you a different song from PDE. He is in Alaska and he called this into my show a while ago. Once in a while, I pull it out. The other day in another interview, we were talking about how in the car with my kids sometimes, their friends love listening to my podcast. They think I'm so funny and they really like this song as well. So I'm going to share it with you guys. My kids are tired of hearing of it about it (laughs) but maybe you'll enjoy it i love it thank you pde for this particular theme song as well thank you so much ed bruce shannon kurt for being on this show right here and i'll talk to you guys later i'm maria just in case you forgot and i'll talk to you soon yo what up maria you know what I'm saying? We out here. You know what I'm saying? We talking about that uh, that third eye. You know what I'm saying? What you know about it? Yeah. Uh. Uh. Yeah. Yo. Uh. Yo. Yo. They say only call-ins that PDE does is a free. I'm talking about yeah, this Siri. I'm talking about a freestyle. Wanna spin my point? I wanna do it freestyle form so I can annoy and get my practice on. That's how I do when you're right. I'm talking about the flow PDE. Why? I'm on the up here in Alaska, man. It's springtime. I'm talking about the summer, man. Man, it's sunrise. I'm on the flow for sure, man. Sun ain't going down. That's how I do. I see my wife up in the gown. That's how I speed a flow, man. Frown upside down. I got my Corvette. That's how I do it. But you ain't put it in the pail. I'm taking pet care on the flow. So what you gonna say, man? Pet care. Services man, the happy house pet care. Look me up on Instagram and the Facebook. What?